Hey, y'all. Thank you for tuning in on this frequency. Natalie and Ricky Lee are having a good case of the Mondays. God. What's up, girl? How are you? I feel like every day COVID has been a Monday. (gasps) Right? Oh, you're right. I know. I'm right. Gosh, I felt that so deep. Like my heart just kind of skipped a beat a little bit. Every day during COVID has been a Monday. A yeah. reoccurring bad nightmare of a Monday. Yeah. Which is supposed to get better, right? I mean, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. People are going out. They're shopping. They're vacationing. They're celebrating. All of that. Right? Here's where I think it's it's going to get messed up. Okay. Okay. You're right. Oh, look. Everybody's going back out and we're all doing these things again. Yeah. I'm having a really difficult time transitioning. Okay. Like, I can't... Again, because I have like the attachment. Yeah. You have the attachment with your group of people, with your friends, with your family that you were always kind of coexisting with throughout the pandemic. You have a network already. You have exactly. this little group. Like super intimate group. Yeah. Where before yeah. it was not that intimate. Yeah. Before it was like, you know, I was everywhere before. So um, Mike and I went to the mall this weekend. Um, <laughs> so several things happened, right? Because it's Mike and myself we're going shopping because we have no we have no wardrobe ever since that COVID fits. hit. Yeah, nothing fits. Everything's just aged all of a sudden. We don't want anything, and we've we're now these new people wanting these this new attire. You right? Shed all your old skin. Yeah. All so right. now we're into the new. So we we go to the mall. We go to the Victoria Gardens, and well, we decide this is like the first time that Mike and I actually go to somewhere like that. That's really crowded mm-hmm. and then um and then we take jorge the to dog the mo- to the mall <laughs> yeah oh my god that's already giving me so, an anxiety attack yeah. i don't even know what and, you did and if you know mike he's already a very anxious person and jorge is a very anxious dog Traumat- so that dog's traumatized <laughs> so there's a lot going on going into it already where i'm like what did I just do? But it's okay. We're walking. We're, you know, Jorge's doing fine. He's smelling the smells. And then Mike is like, no, no, we can't take him into Macy's. What if they kick us out? And Wait, like, hold on. You were going to take the dog into Macy's? Yeah. Why? Well, because he's with us. Like, you can take a dog into Macy's? And we did. We walked him Wait, all in the mall. That's weird. We were in Macy's. We were in Express. I took Jorge to Ulta. Wait, is he like... Like one of those dogs for your anxiety dog? Like the, what is it? Therapy dog. Is it? Yeah, a therapy no, dog. I, I'm being serious. I mean, he is to me, but, but he's not. But they let you take your dog in there? Yeah. I don't know they let you take your yeah, dog in they, there. Well, Mike didn't either, so that's why he was all anxious so, yeah, this and is nervous common about knowledge? it. Yeah, everyone takes their dogs. If you've ever been to the Victoria Gardens, everyone goes and takes their right dogs. In, yeah, yeah. Wow. only at the Victoria Gardens. You don't, it's don't, true. Don't try that at the mills. Yeah, okay. no, that wouldn't happen. But okay. yeah, it's totally acceptable. In fact, they even have like little doggy bowls at certain places. In the stores. At, outside, right outside of the stores. They have That's little crazy. water stations for the dogs. Yeah. Okay. I mean, A whole new world. We love our dogs. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but I totally Hold see on. where you're coming. From. I'm just thinking, I'm a terrible human being right now. Okay. I'm thinking about how you love your dogs, and I'm imagining this beautiful scenario <laughs> like you're in a, it smells good at Macy's, or beautiful <laughs> clothes everywhere, and your dog's just frolicking around. I just took a bat out of my room <laughs> to take apart these dogs that you're Jorge, Sofia, and Oscar, Oscar, and then. The neighbor's dog, Sophie, were trying to eat each other. So I grab a bat. 
And I'm like, what are you doing? I didn't beat any dogs for the record. She's not a dog beater. But I 100% took my bat out and was like knocking it out. Yeah. Just the noise to make them kind of go away because they were the neighbors. Like my poor little dog. Well, the, my just jerk dog over here harassing (laughs) a dog 20 times his size. Yep. Over the, over the fence. Um, but uh, so I'm, so I'm trying to imagine the Jorge I see here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jorge. Like, oh, completely different. <laughs> completely different. It's like night and day. That's great. Like night and day. Jorge is a sophisticated animal at the Victoria Gardens. Um, but he is hell on wheels in your backyard. He is. He knows he's reason. in Ontario. He's like, oh, I'm back. Well, and in my in at my apartment too, because there are certain dogs that walk around. And this motherfucker, it's a, it's I feel so bad for my neighbors because it's one an older lady with her old, with her senior dog and Jorge is losing his shit from a mile away and I'm not I am not even Why? exaggerating guys I will be I will still be at the apartment complex the senior lady and the senior dog are across the street Somewhere else, out of sight, and Jorge is barking at them. And I'm like, why? Why? He knows. He knows. He knows. The senior sensor came on. It and then there's another then there's another one. My neighbor in my like in my apartment building has a little <laughs> Bartley's over there laughing his ass off. That He's is only just a, the way you said this, this motherfucker. motherfucker. <laughs> she talks about her dog. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Look. And it's because Jorge and I have a lot, of, a lot of adventures together. So I feel like Jorge's, you know, like part part my friend and human. And he's a little asshole. So there's another guy in my apartment building with his little white, I don't know if it's a poodle or a doodle or a, some little dog. Jorge smells this dog and he cannot... Uh, like contain himself beside himself he turns into the demon himself (laughs) he almost lets himself go from the leash and he's just (laughs) and so now like the my neighbor knows who jorge is and he's like oh hold on i'm sorry i'm just gonna cross over yeah and i'm over here apologizing for my demon dog and i'm like i'm so sorry and he's like no 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 i'm just gonna walk away now and i'm like all right neighbor i'll see you later we gotta talk about jorge's puppy traumas and his communication skills. He lets it be known he that does. he has a problem with the senior dog and with the little white poodle. <laughs> it's a mess. This motherfucker. <laughs> you like that one, huh? <laughs> Damn. Okay, so we got here because you were trying to buy a wardrobe at the mm-hmm, mall with mm-hmm, your dog at mm-hmm, Macy's. Mm-hmm. It's COVID. People are out. People are trying to get in and get their life started again. It's weird. It is weird. This is strong. That's a really good tequila. That's a reposado. You want to trade? Mine's a No, it's good. I'm going to fuck it up. You're good. I just know that my lunch today was really early. What was it? So I'm kind of on an empty stomach. Mm. I had a vegan ceviche. So I'm Mm. about to be a little tipsy by the end of this show. So if I'm slurring my words, it was this Casamigos that Ricky gave me. That's delicious really strong and delicious cheers everybody cheers because i was not planning on drinking but this afternoon was wild Mm. it was wild Mm. did it have to do with your communication skills my communication skills have been lacking so much i feel like whatever however confident i felt about my communication skills which i felt very confident as as we like the workload gets 
as more gets put on my plate, the more I realize, like, you ain't shit. Like, what communication Aww, skills? Like, come no. on. Really? Like, you got you to gotta work on it better. And there is a lot of work that I have to do. But, yeah, my communication skills could improve significantly. Hey, we're a work in progress. We're always improving. You'll get there. But I'm tired of saying that. I'm tired. No. Of, I'm, and you know what I'm tired of, too? <laughs> Let me just tell you. I'm tired of when people are like... Just be easy on yourself. Like it's okay if you give yourself some grace. No, because I feel like I've been. I tell. I tell myself that more often than not. I feel like more often than not, I'm telling telling myself like, it's okay. (laughs) It's gonna be all right. Like you're not perfect. You're You're a work in progress. Yeah. When you tell yourself that every day, like. And and you feel like you're not doing anything about it, or that it's that's how I feel. I feel like I'm not doing anything about anything. Like I'm just. Having a bad day, telling myself it's okay that I had a bad day, <laughs> having another bad day, and telling myself, don't make yourself feel guilty for telling yourself that you had a bad day and it's okay. What a fucking cycle, dude. Yeah. That's exhausting. I thought you I'm were going to say, what a psycho, because I do feel like a psycho. <laughs> no, no, like, not at all. That. It's crazy. I don't think so. Um, and, well, one of the reasons why uh, this episode came up was because in our last in our last episode, you were talking about how you communicate and your um, the way that you express yourself. You use a lot of hand gestures. You're very animated in the way that you talk and all of that. And so I thought, well, wow, that that's actually a really good episode because then I continue to tell you how you know, people want you to tone it down. And I'm over here telling people like, no, that's okay. Because she's trying to get something out. She's expressing herself. There's something that she's not able to say or the way that she's, what she is saying um, is a part of the healing process. So interesting that you mentioned that. Um, I, my mom got me this like journal about healing childhood traumas. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Really good because mm-hmm. it kind of explains to you what it's about to ask you and then it gives you specific questions and you, it triggers things for you yeah. to write about, journal, and then process. Yeah. But my mom started doing that journal. Oh, okay. Now, you have to do it in in stages because if you try to knock it all out at once, that's way too much emotional stuff going yeah. on. But I remember it, as a kid growing up, mm-hmm. I mean, I talk a lot naturally. Mm-hmm. Just to That's anyone, we have this anything, it doesn't matter, <laughs> I'll talk. Yeah. And I remember being a kid, I, maybe I was like five or six, between five and eight years old. And we were going to the salon and mm-hmm. my mom was going to get her hair done. Mm-hmm. And we're walking in and she says, just be still. Don't talk. <laughs> oh. Don't talk. Like, shh. Okay. Now, I'm like... Okay, I, didn't, I don't know. I don't know what. Why is she telling me not to talk? Like, what if I want to say something? Yeah, you know, whatever. But I remember that distinctly. Like, yeah. don't talk. And I asked her um, a few weeks ago. I'm like, why did you? Why didn't you want me to talk? What was yeah. wrong with how I was talking? Yeah. And she didn't immediately answer. And she actually thought about it. And mm. like a week later was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I told you not to talk. I don't oh. know if I was embarrassed if you were going to say something or if they were going to judge me because you talked. So we had a, <laughs> a really good conversation about it. But nonetheless, I think it did leave something in me. To, yeah. Because it still didn't really stop me from talking. Yeah. But there is always still something there maybe in the sense of who you naturally are even as a kid when your parents are telling you don't do that right 
well, but but this feels right. Why not? Mm-hmm. And that kind of, you know, messes with you a little bit. Because you're perceiving it as now it's wrong, but this it's is something bad. that you've done so naturally. Mm-hmm. And now like, oh, now I can't be who I really am. Mm-hmm. Now I have to hold back. What did I say? What am I doing wrong? And now you're self-conscious about what you are putting out. Right. But that's so great that your mom thought about it and how she went back later on and said, hey, you know what? I don't really know. Um, because we were we were just talking about like, Hey, you know, I'm telling you this now in this podcast, but next week I might not agree with right. what I said. It might yeah. be completely different. Yes. So I'm going to give myself grace. I'm going to give you grace. Yes. That's it. <laughs> because we need to, because we're communicating all of these things, but we're ever growing and evolving. And what I'm saying to you right now is not going to serve me or you later on. Right. Everything and we need to forgive ourselves because I think that that's, that can hurt us so much in, could you imagine that your mom told you this, that could have gone in a way complete other direction where you could have held that against your mom. And I mean, I don't know, maybe you did or you didn't, but it could have been so impactful that the relationship would have been worse. And you could have looked at your mom like you hurt me. And then you don't even know why, why am I hurt? And mm-hmm. it, and I, I see people in their relationships with whoever, with their friends, with their parents, with, I don't know, their neighbors. And just the one thing that they said really hurt them and they'll never talk to them again. And I think that we have to forgive everyone right now and forever that crosses our paths that might've said something that rubbed us the wrong way or, or maybe hurt us in that moment because, or maybe they they were going through some shit themselves. so that's the easy part like forgiving people for yeah. saying that i have no problem doing that yeah the difficult part is not not believing what they said yeah or, or removing whatever they did say that actually impacted me like mm-hmm. cleaning it up and saying that so my question to you is can you what things did you hear growing up about you that you were like wait what mm. hmm i'll have to think about that but where someone told you something negative about yourself or where someone said something discouraging oh, I know to you. Ex- I know exactly it. Why is your voice so squeaky? When did you hear that? Oh, all my life. I feel like there was like many, many times where I kept hearing, oh, but your voice is so squeaky. And I've even heard it at work. Like customers, when I used to be a teller and I'd have customers, oh my God, her voice is so squeaky. It's annoying. And I'm like, squeaky is not the word. First of all, they're dumb for describing it as squeaky. It's not it's squeaky. squeaky. And it's I've not, it's, it's a different word, but it's not squeakies. It's high pitched. No, I don't know. Whatever the word is, it was, unique. it was that about my voice. And so then I, I think that throughout my life, it really shut me down. Like I couldn't say anything. I couldn't speak up or speak out or say, have an input because I was so self-conscious about I have a great story Just about my your voice. voice. <laughs> I have a great story about your voice. Okay, you're going to make me feel better about this? Yo, believe me, I okay. am. Okay, is that the only Which thing? Which I've come a long way because, look, now we have a podcast and I could give a fuck if you like my voice or not. But if you're listening, I appreciate you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, okay, hold on. Wait, let me think about how I'm going to ask this question. So okay. that's the most, that's the, that's the biggest thing that you heard growing up. Yeah, I mean, one Those of the highlights. the only things that you can, just one highlight? For now. All Maybe right. I could think of more. But... I have like five. Okay. 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 I'll piggyback if I need to. That one, don't talk too much. Mm-hmm. Um, 
The other one was my dad telling me that I could never be a poet. You'll never be a poet. You're not uh, a poet. Mm, that was important. But okay. then the other one was the one that kind of got me. And the one that <gasps> got me was um, I used to be in chorus. Okay. I love to sing, right? Yeah. So I, I was at Vina Dings. I tried out. I made choir. I did yeah. little solos here and there. I was excited, right? Yeah. And then I signed up because they were doing a multicultural talent show. Okay. And I wanted to sing... Um, Tu Solo Tu by mm-hmm. Linda Rostand's version of that song. Mm. I was practicing. I was so excited about it. I'm running around the house singing it. Yeah. And my Aunt Martha, who's six years older than me. So she's my aunt, but we kind of grew up like sisters, right? Yeah. It's like my my mine and my sister's Yeah. So she comes up to me one day, right, as I'm practicing, and she's like, yo, um, my mom said that you shouldn't sing that song. You don't have the voice for that song. Now, of course, her... Mom is my grandmother. My grandmother has a beautiful voice. And I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, you shouldn't sing that song. That's not your type of song to sing, and it doesn't sound good. Okay? 13 years old, seventh grade, I was like, fuck that. I'm out. Like, I can't I can't perform. Like, I'm not going to. Yeah. Gonna, Especially can't. when someone older than you is telling you what now, she heard from Could I have gone to my grandmother and be like, is it true? What? I could have. I didn't. I 100% took my aunt's word for it. And I'm like, all right, cool. I yeah. never sang from there. Like, I got out of choir. Yeah. I was. I became super insecure about singing. It was bad. Like, yeah. that shit resonated in my head. Yeah. That I believed that my Aunt Martha's. That my grandmother told my aunt that I could not. Now, mind you, mm-hmm. that type of song, that's a, that's a beautiful ballad in yeah. Spanish, you know, a ranchera. But I stopped uh-huh. and I became, like I said, you've seen how we've been in public settings where they're like, come on, Ricky, sing. And I'm like, no. Yeah. And I I'm get good. all weenie about it. And I, I do sing with, you know, in certain settings, but it, it became such a like traumatic experience for me. Yeah. Um. I remember my brother and I wrote a song together and he, for his, he was going to school, he's producing music and he wanted to make me feel comfortable when recording the song. Mm -hmm. And he like put blankets up so nobody would seem like he went out of his way to really try to get the song out of you, but make you feel comfortable. And to encourage me to do that. And I just, and I did it, but it's, it was just a traumatic experience for me. Right. So fast forward, like that shit stayed with me Uh because to this day I struggle with that. Uh Right. Uh I, I didn't have what, like you, right? Like somebody told you about your squeaky voice and something in your human design was like, fuck that. I don't care what you think. I'm still yeah. going to, you know, be who I am. Yeah. One of my favorite memories, probably one of the most special memories that I ever got to share with you and my brother, uh. Jess oh. was there too. <laughs> it, and I think it was the, it wasn't the day you guys got married. What was it? No, I don't remember. But we were here, and oh, we got you guys a wedding cake. It was it 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 was our supposed to be wedding day. Supposed to be wed. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the day you guys were supposed to get married. So we're all here, and everyone had left. At everybody that point. had it was left, just us and four. it was just yeah, it was just my brother Natalie, myself, and Jess. And my brother was playing the guitar, and he starts to play. It, it's an Adele song. Uh, Daydreamer. Daydreamer, Adele, Daydreamer. Which is one of my favorite songs it. of it's all time favorite. in existence. And these two start singing the song. Yeah. And yeah. Natalie and my brother. And Natalie, yeah. you know, is all over the place singing it. Yeah, yeah. It was I the didn't most... care how it sounded or what. I love that song, and I love that he was playing it. Yeah. And that you guys were singing it together. Yeah, it was yeah. the most intimate yeah. moment. I was like, 
oh my God, like, okay, so this is what it is to be vulnerable. This is what it is to love somebody. Uh. And this is what it is to vulnerably love somebody and be all of who you are with that person. Yeah. Good, bad, or indifferent and embracing one another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of the most special moments. And I was so glad too, because just didn't film it. She's like, I should have filmed that. <laughs> we both got caught up yeah, in, in the moment that the it. two of you had. And I was like, what's mm. happening right now? <laughs> and that was actually a really inspirational point for me in watching you. Because I was like, Natalie has no fucks to give. Yeah. She's unapologetically who she is. I can't let some of that shit go. And that's the first and only time that we've ever sang that song together. So, Which makes it even more special. Yeah. I kind of want to do it again, but... Get it's the guitar, rare, Mike. Get the guitar. Yeah. It's rare when Mike has the guitar out and in the mood and then plays the song. And so it's a, it's a whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. But that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, well, let that shit go, girl. Mm. Let's let's hear that song. At again, the end of this, how? I'm going to hear that. How do you let it go? I don't know. I imagine that could be hard because... It's so easy, like you said, to say, just forgive and forget. But there's all of this baggage and all of these years of hurt and pain and be- and so much belief in your heart that someone said this about you. And and how do you not believe it? when And especially when it's somebody so near and dear to your heart. Right. Right. And, and again, I've like... I have no beef with my Aunt Martha or my dad. Like, nobody, like... Yeah. Because we talk about it all the time. Like, you do the best that you can. Right. right? So, right. I, I have no problem with any of that. Yeah. It's still with me, though. And yeah. And it has to do with me not, like, just embracing who I am, which is why I'm doing that trauma. The journaling book yeah. that your mom gave you. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's crazy. I could even think of other conversations that I've had um, with my friends or with my, like, my aunts. And then, and same thing, you know, they'll, they'll talk about all of their hurts and their pains and, and they, like you have been able to identify what it is, what hurt. And because this whole thing, you know, going back to your example of this song, it's special to you. And so now you don't feel worthy of it. Mm -hmm. So the, oh, Okay, worthy of it. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Because, see, I just realized how many moments you and I actually have together that go back to music and being very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, This was maybe three years ago. I don't even remember how long it was. My dad sent me a song called I Don't Know What Love Is. It was in the movie. um, A Star is Born with Lady Gaga. A Star is Born. Everyone needs to watch it. So at the time, I was going through um, a funky breakup, right? Just mm-hmm. the real, ugh, yeah, wasn't pleasant. Yeah. So my dad sends me that song, and it basically she's she, that that's what the song says. I don't know what love is. That's, that's the first line of the song. I don't know what love is. And I, my dad was like, "You need to sing this song," and I memorized it. It mm-hmm. was good. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. It was all of those things. We go to Ensenada. Mm-hmm. And my dad's playing it, mm-hmm. and he wants me to sing it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. Yeah. And I, rem- you were like, why? Yeah. Do it. And I yeah. realized the difference between you pushing me to sing that song and maybe everybody else. At least this is how I felt. Yeah. It wasn't even about the song. Yeah. What I was getting from you wasn't about me singing. Uh-huh. It was about me saying those lyrics and, and allowing myself to feel what the song was saying. To be vulnerable in it. Oh, yeah. yeah and I was because those pissed are- at you. Listen. I'm like, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm not going to sing the song. And I just yeah. remember standing there just like crying. Yeah. Like one of those, the still cries where yeah. you're just, the tears the are coming tears are out. The tears are coming you're, out you're not, slowly, you're not like, but you're not fully. Yes. Yeah. 
And I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. Like, there's no way, right? So fast forward, uh, I think it was probably like two years after that. because, And I think the reason why I couldn't sing it was because well, it was I, so fresh. It, it, but timeless also for me. Mm-hmm. It was timeless because I confidently could say, like, I don't know what love is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it spoke to me. Yeah. So my Aunt Rosie dies. And right. I remember when we brought her back to the house and, and you know, that's where she was going to be let go. Mm-hmm. I remember going back, driving, and then having the epiphany yeah. with, like, everything that we went through processing her death Mm -hmm. how her death came about right just everything that whole experience yeah i realized that i do know what love is right meaning it it didn't even have to mean like from man to woman relationship or anything like that but here was my aunt rosie and she was the first uh, major death in our family Mm -hmm. and i felt this incredible sense of love right? yeah that you love your kids you love all the people around you right but that's your this is death we're talking about now right so and now, now you really feel the gone. power of love yeah you really feel the immensity yeah. of love yeah so i remember i was after after again the whole family is there and i got drunk at mm-hmm. what's that place not el pescador glorious mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that because mm-hmm. i was beside myself mm-hmm. and that's when it hit me no i do know what love is yeah i went back and I go to see my Aunt Rosie to tell her that. Um, like, hey, because she knew the story about how I couldn't sing the song. Yeah. And I remember looking at her and telling her, like, Aunt Rosie, like, I do know what love is. And I know what love is because of you, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And we cried together. It was a beautiful, beautiful moment. And then oh. that night is when she removed her oxygen mask. And then the next day, yeah. She was actually she was waiting, waiting for me for to for go. You. Yeah, I was like over here trying to do all this when really she was waiting for me to you know, Stop. say goodbye, Stop but right be, to be able to tell her, yeah, I do know what love is, yes. you know, and it may not have been in the way that I wanted it to be, but in this case right now, in your time of, of death and right. your time of transition, mm-hmm. I feel love in all of its glory. And, and that was a, and again, it goes back to that's why music is so powerful. Shortly after that, um, I did was able to sing it with my dad. Yeah, we were, I, I was we, there. We were able to belt it out like, oh, yeah. with all, all kinds of ways. So it meant it meant a lot. That song is a tearjerker. Even he, even remembering you singing it and then the lyrics to the song, it just, it even tears me up. And every time that it comes up on my playlist, I, I get choked up a little bit and I have to stop everything that I'm doing. And that's the one song that I have to listen all the way yeah. through <clears throat> without interruption. With, don't disturb me right now. I am, I am listening to this song word for word. It's beautiful. And when we went to um, San Miguel de Allende, this was the last trip that we took before oh, COVID that's right. hit. That's right. Got in me, December. In December. What got me even more, and I'm telling you, like, you think that it can't get worse. It does. Mm-hmm. Not worse. But my dad and I are singing it, and there's a part in the song where it says, like, I hope that one day I find love. Yeah. And my dad switches up the lyrics, and he goes, I, ho- I know one day you'll find love. Oh, my God. I was like, No. <laughs> All right, Dad, you want me to find love? Like, okay, let's do this. I'm holding back the tears. Hell yeah. For real. Which goes back to this love letter I found because we were talking about communication. Yes. And we were like, and what I was looking for was a paper that I wrote in my communications class because I fell in love with my professor, Professor Navarro. Uh Uh-huh. she she oof, she was a, an incredible inspiration. But okay. in looking for that paper, I found this um, no. note. Mm-hmm. And I used to work with this uh, gentleman 
at a different place in uh, Corona. Mm -hmm. And we became great friends. He was a writer. He was a musician. Okay. And um, I I had to find another job. I can't remember what exactly was was happening but he knew a lot about my history yeah and and I ke- I've kept this I actually want to frame it because it's you probably have one of the most beautiful pieces I've ever received from another human being yeah we don't talk anymore okay. we talked at that time like when mm-hmm. we worked together and then we kind of kept in touch mm-hmm. but I haven't spoken with him since but he said I love you very much and I know you are fully capable of making your own decisions whatever you decide I still think the world of you just remember you are 100% worthy of love not just any love the love you want in your heart and soul yeah to this day like this speaks volumes to me because it's it's, it's so always relevant. a worthiness thing for me where i don't feel worthy of love mm-hmm. where even like everything that we're doing here in the studio i'm like i don't feel worthy of this why are why are all these individuals around this giving so much of, the, of themselves to this right but why do i feel that unworthiness yeah and i think that once i understand that and deal with that and then supersede that then i will be capable of receiving love okay the very love that i want from my heart and soul so you think that you would be able to receive and have all of this love after you've completed everything that equals love in this studio is that i don't know because because okay so so how does it work like if i if i determine I got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Right? I don't want to go back to old habits or patterns or mm-hmm. I don't want to just dismiss the idea of love. Right. And in dismissing the idea of love, I settle for just, you know. Other outlets. Other outlets. or That are temporarily that fulfilling. Are, yeah. You. Exactly. Right? Okay. So in my mind, I'm like, if I deal with it. If I deal with myself and Mm -hmm. I'm with myself for a time being Mm -hmm. and I learn to love myself and accept myself, Mm -hmm. then I can go out and date. Then I can go out and see who who out there would be a good match for me. Like in my mind, that's how I think, right? Yeah. But how realistic is that? It's not. It's not, right? Mm -hmm. So, So am I setting myself up for, you know, unrealistic, uh, unrealistic healing goals? Or unrealistic, because it's it's like this. When you take a psychology class in college, right? Yeah. I remember, mind you, grown three kids already, and I'm taking this psychology class yeah. where they're talking about family planning. Okay. Yeah. You go out and you date, uh-huh. right? Then you find somebody. Then you get engaged. And then you take a genetic test to see if there's anything wrong with their genes. And can you guys have kids together? <laughs> right. And then you go to... There's like a whole process. And I'm like, What? People do that. People do that? (laughs) Who does that? Right? Sure. But but they're showing you the progress of life, right? Right. And I'm like, that. Hmm. does that really work? And is that a realistic thing to want to put yourself through? Right? Because I imagine imagine this right now. If I try to get into any relationship right now, Mm -hmm. all I'm doing is bleeding into this relationship Mm -hmm. everything I haven't healed before. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's true. But I also, well, to add to that, you're saying, you know, if I do this, this, and that first, and after I have done all of these things, then I will be ready to find love or a companionship or uh, something, someone to share my life with. But I think that our hurts and our traumas and our pains are, are, I don't think that you ever truly get rid of them. You just learn how to deal with them 
I don't want to use the word deal, but what I'm trying, I guess what I'm trying to say is that you never forget and you never, the hurt is always going to be there. You just learn how to, um, how to heal. You see, I feel like I have to define these words that Mm -hmm. I can't, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And so like, I guess the only example that I can give really is my own personal experiences I've been through my own hurts and my pains in my life. And then I decided, oh, shit, I have trauma that I need to fix and I need to um, How deal with. Um, mid-20s is when I was like, oh, I'm pretty fucked up. Okay. Before then, I was in denial and maybe I wasn't admitting it or maybe I, was, I wasn't expressing it, right? And then mid-20s came around I was like, oh, shit, I am just... I need to deal with my shit. I need to deal with all my childhood traumas. I need to deal with why don't I express myself. I need to deal with communication. I need to deal with why am I, you know, dating all of these useless guys in my life and why am I attracting this, blah, 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 all of that, right? And then, okay, I'm going to do the work. I'm going to do the work. And then I realize, like, I don't think the work ever ends. So then I meet Mike. And I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm this person. I'm figuring out my life. I'm figuring out what's good, what's wrong, blah, blah, blah. But I think that the transparency is worth something Mm. because I'm letting, I was letting Mike know, hey, I am this human being, but also I'm not perfect. And I don't think I'm ever going to hit perfect. And um, even, even this weekend, Oh God, uh, I'll still get into that right now. But what I'm trying to say is that I'm letting Mike know that I'm not a perfect human being and my traumas are going to come back and bite me in the ass and I'm going to project it to you. And I'm not necessarily meaning that way, but I'm going to need you to be patient. I'm going to need you to work through it with me because we Damn are it. human beings. Uh. And sometimes because like, could you imagine like 20 years of trauma now have been revealed at my age of 25 and now I have to unravel all of that and that's not gonna that's not gonna fix itself overnight okay but how long after like when you realized in your 20s like oh shit I I'm fucked up how long after that did you then meet the person like you know Michael Moda that you then had this conversation with how many how much time went in between that two years later fuck okay so there's a timeline well I don't know that I think I guess the timeline is um, specific to you and it might be shorter or longer. You know what I mean? And it doesn't mean that, okay, I'm 25 and all of these, all of my, you know, all of my baggage, that's it. it. It stops there because now you have new experiences, new environments, external people that will continue to hurt you and cause you pain and then you have to deal with all of that shit so it's ever evolving and and you're ever and this is why it's ever growing so instead of timelines Mm -hmm. right maybe milestones sure are there specific milestones that you would want to reach before you you know pursue a person right um i mean i don't know i guess you know when you when you allow when you allow yourself to be ready and willing to share your hurts with somebody else, then that's when. 
So, <laughs> you see how I tried not to cry? I held it in good. I was like, nope, not okay. today. You can let it go. You can let it out because not you're today. the crier here. And I am you're crying. You're crying for me because I'm the one that here. represses those feelings. Don't repress. But, but with that, one of the things that my, one of the first things that my professor, mm-hmm. she said in our communications class, mm-hmm. if you think that you're going to know everything about your partner, hmm Get that idea out of your head. Mm, mm-hmm. You will never know everything about your, your wife, spouse, whatever. Yeah. You're never going to know everything about them. And you should get the idea out of yourself that you need to know everything about them. Exactly. Let it go. Yeah. Like that's not. There are things that we as our own human beings can't even say out loud right. to ourselves. Yes. You're not going to tell your partner something that's, you know... Like you don't that you're that you don't even want to share within your own thoughts. You've 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 already put that in a box and put it away. Take that expectation out mm-hmm. of your out mm-hmm. of your system that you need to know everything about the person yeah. that you're with. It's yeah. impossible and it's never gonna happen. Right. And it's not a bad thing because that's what human beings do, you yeah. know. You shelter certain things, but yeah. But I I don't even remember <laughs> where I was going with that. You were saying about when you can share yourself with someone. Yeah. When you can feel comfortable with somebody in mm-hmm. all of your greatness. Mm-hmm. I still have to feel comfortable in my own skin. And I think that's what I'm still working on. And I think that that's why I'm not necessarily ready to mm-hmm. receive anybody because mm-hmm. I want to feel at peace. With yourself. And still, yeah. And, and not restless and not all of these things. And uh-huh. I want to, you know, embrace myself. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. You know, um, I, I've said this in a couple of episodes or even at least in the last one of you got to take care of number one and number one is you. And if you're not taking care of yourself, then then none of nothing else matters. You got to you got to deal with yourself. And and I think that's beautiful. I think that there's there's nothing better than understanding who and what you are so that when you're meeting somebody else, you already know who and what you are and what you want. And you won't take anything less, no matter what that looks like. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. <laughs> Welcome to therapy. <laughs> Everyone, my name is Natalie. This it's is Ricky vibe. Lee. It's a vibe. And we are here to just heal ourselves. I hate this. I love this. And I think <laughs> even... Uh, <laughs> I'm all calm about it. I love this. <laughs> even, you know, one thing that I will say that's beautiful about you and what... You sharing this love letter is... I even think is beautiful because not a lot of people... You know how you're talking about people um, that you... That there are things that you won't know about your partner and that you won't share. Things like that. I don't keep records of love letters that people gave me or notes because I'm definitely like one and done <gasps> in the trash. I have not. And that's one of, I don't, I don't, oh my not that, God. I don't regret it. Right. But it's kind of like, wow, you're so open and willing to share this. That's beautiful. Do it. Does everyone do that? Ricky, you're the only person that I know that does that. That keeps I, things like this. Uh-huh. Oh, because okay. they mean something to me. That's they one hundred percent that that and letter in particular that is communication and that letter represented a lot to me. It's it's a, it's a small little piece of paper. That's yeah, all, a couple words, but That's they're it. profound. They're meaningful, and they're to you. But, but and okay, so and again, we were talking about this letter comes from the grandson of the 
what's his, what did I say his Pico name? Rivera. Yeah, the city of Pico Rivera. He's from the Pico family. And he was special to me because he was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And I remember him telling me like, my whole family comes from this great lineage, these great explorers, these great settlers, these great like people, just powerful people. And I'm attached to the bottle and my notebook writing poetry all day. Mm. And that spoke to me because I'm like, that's okay. Like you mm. have your own pains, you have your own hurts. You're yeah. a great writer, you're a great songwriter. Like it's okay. Yeah. And so that spoke to me and that's why, and again, it's a, they're little nostalgic things that remind me of the people that I've met throughout my life and then the messages that they have to deliver. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't talked to him. I probably won't see him ever again, but I'll always take this with me because he always encouraged me to feel worthy of love. Yeah. Because even him in the short time that we knew each other, which was about a year and a half, mm-hmm. he immediately said, he goes, Matt, why, why don't you feel worthy of love? Hmm. So that's why I keep these these. Little notes. Mementos. Is that what they're called? Mementos. Mementos. Yeah. Probably. I don't, I don't know. Can I just take this full circle and say that uh, just us being in-laws, I don't, so I've destroyed all of my love letters, even notes that I've passed around with my friends. I don't know that I've ever kept that. Um, I'll have to go back to my mom's house to see if I can find any piece of letter work writing um but now i have this book in like a coffee table book in my living room and it's other people's love letters mm-hmm. so there it is folks i am just missing you out had your on, own because, i had my own i always think about it too yeah like i have journals all over my house yeah so my kids at any well okay and i'm a little hesitant about this because i'll write anything down right i'll write exactly what i'm going through mm-hmm. but i imagine that like, I want my kids to know who I was. Yeah. And I want them to know what other people's interpretations of me were. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is to keep things like this. Yeah. You and be like, oh, it. my mom was this. Yeah. She thought this. Like, they yeah. thought of her like, this is great. You you want them to have that because in that, they mm-hmm. find themselves. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. can connect with pieces of themselves, which goes back to being loud, right? Yeah. There are certain family members that I have that are loud. Mm-hmm. When I'm around them. Mm-hmm. I feel comfortable. <laughs> I'm like, I belong. Yeah. Because yeah. you're loud like me. And right. we have that in common. Yeah. And I'm know? not judging you. You're not yeah, judging yeah. me. And we're just being loud together. Yeah. And it's all good. And that's how you connect to things. Yeah. And that's how you, you know, feel a part of something. Yeah. That song that I sent you by Lion Babe, the Frida oh, uh-huh. song. Uh-huh. I'm excited uh-huh. about that episode. Yeah. More to come. She says, if you want to know who you are, just look at your ancestors, like look at your history. Yeah. Yeah. That'll tell you who you are, where you came from. For sure. And the only way that we're going to know who our ancestors are is, hey, those notes. It's writing, talking, videos, pictures, storytelling, all of that. And this is why this podcast is so important to me is that, Mm. you know, again, like going back to this whole, you know, this, uh, your voice is too squeaky, this, that, then I love that you uh, share that. I don't, now I'm not saying anything, but now I just, I want to say everything because people need to know, well, like you're saying, where you come from, what the hurts were, what the pains were. Oh, she, she's like this because this happened to her Mm -hmm. or him or, or whatever. This is, this is why, um, our family went in this direction. Mm -hmm. It's because of this. And we don't know how impactful that is. I don't Mm -hmm. think we realize that. And it has to be told. We have to tell these stories. We have to tell them communication is important. And um, do you think that there's such a thing as over communication? No, we don't communicate enough. 
Mm. I don't think there's such thing as over communicating. So I've never TMI'd you? No. In fact, I'm always like, tell me more. Because <laughs> you're one of the few people that I do TMI. Because, okay. I, I mean, I am a TMIer. Yeah. But because I believe, like, there, there are parts in my life where I wish people would have told me more. More. Yeah. Where I wish people would have been like, oh, okay, well, this is my experience. I definitely know I probably would have made some different life choices mm-hmm. if I just would have been like, oh. Yeah. That's what happened. Yeah. And, and I think that the more you know, the better informed you are to, I don't want to say that to give advice if that's not what you're going for, but I guess just you being able to TMI is already, you're just, you know, you're getting it out and you must feel better once you do, because how many people are actually willing to listen to all of your vulnerabilities because now you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position and you're trusting me to take all of that and in whatever information it is and yeah. it's all good. Mm-hmm. And I'm not being judgmental. I'm not trying to change you or I'm not trying to um, tell you how you should have done this differently. No, we and we've talked about everything. Yeah. All things uncomfortable. Yeah. And um, I, I don't know, maybe maybe even... I don't know if, like, am I really the only person that you've been able, like, who else do you confide in or have, is there other examples where you have been able to confide in people in telling them all of your shit? Mm, on on the level, like, no. Okay, okay. so you on mm-hmm. all levels, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, well, pretty, on a well-rounded so. spectrum, yeah. it's all topics, all subjects. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're you're the only person like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Before that, it I would have specific uh, um individuals that I could talk to about specific topics. Yeah, that's fair. It is fair, right? So like I have um Jody. Mm-hmm. She's someone that and it goes to taking pictures too, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't like just anybody taking my picture because mm. I get all funny about it. Mm-hmm. But there are some people that I can just, you know, be open with and free and, and be in trusting. my own self. And mm-hmm. so Jody's one of those people that when she's taking pictures of me, I am I don't worry about it. Yeah. And she's one of those people also that at any given time, at any given moment, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. I can call her about any subject. Okay. And she's just a great listener. Yeah. No judgment, no nothing. It's just like I can go there and just vent and be and release. Okay. Um, and then, so she's she's unconditional in that regard. Mm-hmm. And then my Aunt Rosie, mm-hmm. she was the one who I, who I would go to to talk about sex. Like any time I had questions about sex, yeah. I would go and I would ask her. Yeah. And it was always a show. Uh-huh. And not just a show, but, you know, an entire explanation. And then we would laugh about it. And she right. would... It was just a good time. And I, I miss not being able to <laughs> call her up and say, what about this? Yeah. How do I deal with this? Yeah. Um, but she was a, a big source of that. I couldn't talk to my mom about sex. Right. You know, it's and, personal and private and you don't want to be judged and you're kind of embarrassed. Yeah. And was, should I know these things? Should I not? Which was weird because growing up, it was my dad who talked to me about sex. Really? I was in fourth oh, grade wow. coming home from Dana Aketa's house on I Street, walking home about to play outside and I walk into the kitchen and there's like stacks of books about the human anatomy and sex and I'm like 
listen. I was like, oh, that must not be for me. And I right. be, I run out. And then my dad's like, we need to talk about sex. And I'm like, why are you here? No I'm like, where's kidding. my mom? Where's my mom? Oh, my gosh. And it was him. And, and you know. It, That's okay. My it's dad's always been very open. Yeah. And transparent with me about that. But. <laughs> but definitely I had different lanes for different people. Yeah. But 100% with you, I think you have a good, robust understanding of who I am as an entire, complete human being, <laughs> which is that. actually kind of strange realizing that right now. Yeah, I think I feel kind of strange about that too, <laughs> that I know so much about your life and all the all of the complexities. All of my finances, <laughs> my business, my sex life, yeah, my all dogs, of it. All of it, all of my it. dependence on cats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my kids it's all good it's all good and i um well thank you first of all you're welcome thank you mm-hmm. i i think that that's an honorable position to be in i don't think that a lot of people in their own lifetimes will find that person to share such vulnerabilities and and all of these scenarios situations experiences with another person it's like you said there are things that even with your own um, spouse or partner that you don't even share mm-hmm. right and so thanks yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and I, one day i hope because that's not necess- that's not reciprocated i don't know you don't tell I was just i'm not that. that person to you and that's cool right. because i <laughs> right my so. bandwidth is limited and i don't know that which <laughs> i feel guilty sometimes right no no but it's definitely not that's not a mutual thing right and that's okay yeah. Because I feel like a lot of times people are like, well... I'm glad that you feel okay about... Do you feel okay about that? So, wait, hold on. Don't answer that yet. So, it's funny because this... I think that this whole conversation has led to or has been inspired by me being so um, inspired by you. Hey. In in just again in your communication skills in general. Okay. Um the way that you talk, the words that you use, how you express yourself, how creative you are when you're talking about whatever it is that you're saying. Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, again, like one of my biggest traumas I'm realizing as we're sitting here now is my ability to communicate. Mm-hmm. And so even Um, when I'm sharing, I don't feel like I've, 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 I don't know that I've allowed myself to share enough so that some, to let people in. Okay. You know, and I guess from, I, over time being, you know, being like, just don't say anything or having to keep secrets or, um, uh, I guess just not being able to say what I needed to say really, really put a damper on my communication skills growing up. And so I thought, well, I don't need to talk to anyone. I don't need to say anything. So I'm not. And so then I meet you who is very expressive and I'm like, (gasps) the opposite of Michael Moda. I need that (laughs) in my life. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, you're saying that you have me as that person that you can share all of these topics with. I um, have been able to share, you know, things with you. And then um, I don't have very many people that I, kind of how you were saying earlier about, oh, I share certain topics with certain people. So I'll do that. I'll share certain topics with certain people. And then that's even to an extent. Right. It's limited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, 
why do we do that? Is it the trust? Is it's it prob- a trust thing? It, it's probably fear, but you know, it could also be efficiency. Mm-hmm. Like if I know, like for instance, I knew that, that my, that my, I know what, I know people's strengths. Ah, right. Okay. This person is a master at this. Yeah. They could, I could, we could communicate about that. They could help me out with this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's, I think it's a matter of efficiency also, but then it just comes down to the connections that you have with people. Yeah. You know? And you can't mm-hmm. force anything. You just got to naturally follow what feels right. Yeah. And if it feels right, like it's felt right for me to always share things with you and yeah. feel a certain way about it, uh-huh. I'm going to keep doing that. You know what it probably is for me? I think it's trust. I don't, I'm not, you know, first of all, I'm a Scorpio. So I'm already You guys like, are no joke. I'm already skeptical about everyone. And I'm not skeptical enough about anybody. <laughs> I'm like, come right into my house. Here. <laughs> Here Let you go. Me show Can I get you, you a drink? <laughs> Can I get you a drink? That's and, and you've always told me, be cautious with don't you've always told me, don't let people in your closet. Yeah. Why are you letting people into your closet like that? Yeah. But that's who I am. Like that's so I'm cautious about it, but right. I'm still true to true to myself. And yeah. that, as I was thinking about what has made me still relentlessly communicate, because uh-huh. despite uh-huh. despite being told. Mm-hmm. don't talk so much mm-hmm. or you can't sing or mm-hmm. you'll never be a poet or you'll mm-hmm. never be these things. Mm-hmm. Despite being told that, the one thing that stuck in my head about why it was so important to speak and tell the truth was Christopher Columbus. Mm. You said it, girl. Was learning in fifth grade that what they were teaching us in school was not the truth. Yeah. And then learning the truth outside of that Okay. And then feeling that conviction that, oh, hell, the world has to know now. Yeah. They're lying to us in the schools. Yeah. And carrying that conviction, uh-huh. that stayed with me more powerfully than what people were telling me that I couldn't do. I see. So it's cool. I see. I'm not going to be a poet. I can't right. sing. You right. think I talk too much? But I'm going to tell the truth in your face. Yeah. Because that's what matters. And people right. need to know the truth. And right. if you don't know the truth, then we're going to just be stuck in this hole of nothingness. That's crazy. I think... um, I just thought about that. You know what? And then you just made me think about... We're all... We all go through these... Like your conviction came at what? Fifth grade? Mm -hmm. Sixth grade? Fifth grade, Mrs. Godding's class, Edison School. My conviction didn't come until my 20s. You know what I mean? What was your conviction? Um, Probably... um, Well, the need to talk, the need to speak, the need to share your stories. So, okay, so you and I both share that conviction. Yeah. They just came at different times. Yeah. And that's okay. And I guess that's okay. And so kind of like how how you confide in me and all of the things that you tell me, you're teaching me that. And so now like, oh, okay, it's okay to share. I can trust you. Mm -hmm. So that's fine. Girl, I'm about to tell you all my secrets, <laughs> but it but it is hard and it is okay. And that person that you're supposed to share all of your vulnerabilities with is coming. And they shouldn't necessarily be the. That was the other thing that my professor used to tell us too. Mm-hmm. Your spouse can. It is impossible for your spouse to be everything. Oh God. Yes, you're right. It I is don't. impossible for them to be your end all, be all no. of all sources not, of existence. There's no way. That's a lot of pressure. Which is why I pressure my girlfriends to, oh, are you going to have girls night? Oh, can I go? We need to do that. When? More? And then coming here like, I'm just going to go to the studio. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go see Ricky. (laughs) (laughs) 
fact. Because, yeah, because your significant other can't be the no beginning and the end of everything. And it's I don't think they want to be. In, and that's a lot of pressure. And we're probably getting on their nerves and they don't understand and we don't understand. And they're not giving us the answers that we want to hear anyway. And maybe we just want to complain or maybe we just like we've been saying, we just want to be heard. Mm hmm. Maybe I don't need you to respond. Maybe Ironically, my hear. goal for 2021 mm-hmm. was to say less. Mm. <laughs> Part of that podcast that you sent me over was how important it was to listen. Yeah. Like, sh- just keep sh- sh- quiet. Mm-hmm. Just listen. Just listen. Yeah. Um, yeah. We need to be better listeners. Mm-hmm. We really do. Um, and not react to everything. Because we usually just react to everything. And everything doesn't need a reaction. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Ricky. I'm with it. <sighs> Toast to that. That was a great podcast, Natalie. That was fucking great. I like. I know you're a Natalie Mota, but I like your last name, Palomares. That's why Oops. we say Palomares, Palomares, Palomares. I, I don't mind it. I mean, both are my names and, you know, it's one is where I, my roots and the other one is. Your new roots. My new roots. Your my future. Your Ooh, future. The, the legacy. I love all of it. I love all of it. Well, that was a smooth ending. I think so. And it was all filled with love. Like Michael Moda says at the end of everything, this is all about love. Yeah. The end of the end goal or the end game or the purpose of everything is love, guys. It's the truth. And love is a language. Love is a state of mind. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that Sorry, now I'm going to go on a tangent. I, go. Clear, I clearly don't want to end this episode. Go, tangent. Do you think... Or have you heard how like Spanish is the romance language or something like that, right? hmm And when you speak Spanish, sometimes... So we're going back to communication, right? When you speak Spanish, it's an expression more than it is verbal. Right. So <laughs> that's true. So I wonder. So you speak Spanish and English and si. as I, right? So do you think that sometimes our miscommunication comes from that in English? <laughs> like the inability to express specific things? Yeah. Um maybe. We're gonna have to research that a little bit. I don't know. I don't, I don't. I think there's just different levels to the languages. Yeah. It's kind of like affection. You can express something mm. to someone without saying anything at all. You're right. No language involved. Your body language, your touch, all yeah. that's going to convey something. Mm. That's communication. Mm. Body language is huge with communication. Mm. You can just see I'm somebody sure. move a certain way and you're like, and you know. And we've actually talked about that These one too. Motherfuckers are in love. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> or something's not right. Yeah. Without a, a single word being exchanged. Yeah. But with the Spanish thing, what it actually made me think about is my mom makes things up in Spanish words that don't even exist. Yeah. yeah. But you know exactly what they mean yes. without knowing what they mean. Yeah. It's such a strange yeah. Now I don't I don't do you don't do that in English. So that's weird right because no. you don't make up shit in english yeah G- growing up i um, know what it means the my my childhood best friend's mom used to say 
Ay, no se andan con sus menjurjes. Mm -hmm. Or some shit. Is that even a word? O su trochimochil. Yeah. What the hell is yeah. that? Yeah. But we know. I think that's my Uncle Oscar who's saying that it's the culture more than the language. Because the culture oh, goes yeah. into the expression and it goes into the making words up and goes into the moments. It goes yeah. into just what needs to be conveyed. Yeah. It's and we know thing. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to have to talk that about that a little more next time when we've... I need to do my research on that. Spanish and Spanish as a love language or a romance language. Or, and when they do, I was watching a video that they recently re released with, I, I can't remember who the artist was, but they were just all around the table because yeah. this is an expression of love. Mm -hmm. And they're all eating and drinking, playing guitars. And as he's playing the guitar and singing, all the people around them, they're just... They're clapping. The clap, on. the double clap, right? Yeah so natural yeah and all it is is an affirmation to what he's singing and what he's performing yeah and it's just like if you do that they're in sync they are in sync they're which, all talking the same language they're all talking the same language which oh trips gosh. me out because when yes. i listen to specific music like uh -huh. i'm big with percussion big with percussion it's i think jasper was telling us how specific instruments speak oh, right. to our ancestry right. and our yeah. type of instrument that we are yeah that without even really knowing and and Ketama in she this said, particular case. <laughs> that's, that's right. Yeah, she said, she said, you're a flute. I was like, okay. But anyway, go on. Sorry. That's how our ancestors speak to us. They pull us in specific, you know, directions. And again, because music is an act of love, it's an expression of love. Yeah. And if particular instruments call to you, listen to them. Because in listening to them yeah. and then meditating to them, mm -hmm. you find answers to your questions. My mind is blown right now, guys. Yeah, just that's our. I think that's gonna be um, our homework. Yes, because um, I can send you the playlist that I made on when I meditate to, with my ancestors. Okay, send it. Which we've talked about before. So I think yes, we that'll did. definitely and then be I'd, the next one. I think I like tried to do it and it didn't work out. It's a whole. We're gonna do it's this a again. Whole thing. And then we're gonna report back next episode. <laughs> awesome. All right. So, mm. I, is mm -hmm. that it? Did we get it all out? We're going to get it all out. It's done now because everybody has to go home now. Mm, Got to go to sleep. But we are on this frequency podcast. <laughs> what is it on IG? We're on this frequency on Instagram. It's not with the pod? We are only on this frequency pod on Twitch. We have a Twitch account. Thank you to everybody who joined. Yeah, y'all are great. Thank you for comments. Yes. Yeah, commenting, putting your two cents in. That's beautiful. I love that support. But you are Natalie Stephanie with two eyes in the middle of all of that Natalie Stephanie on Instagram. And I am Buenaventura on Instagram, which I need to change my Twitch name to match Buenaventura. Because on Twitch, everybody sees my government name, which is Ricky Limota. Next oh. to the Natalie Palomares Mota. Yeah. Natalie Stephanie Palomares Mota. There it is. There well, it is. it's just Mota, but well, for the it's sake of it. roots and futures and legends just, and all of that. It just flows. That's why yeah. I like yeah. saying it. It flows. It flows it's really so long, good. though. <laughs> But yeah, um, on this frequency pod on Twitch, on this frequency on YouTube and Instagram, um, you can find us um, stream download on this frequency on Google Podcasts. Uh huh. Apple. Uh huh. Which I don't like. But send it to your homegirls, your nieces, your nephew. Like, that's important. Sharing. Yeah, you have to share the podcast. Um, if Which is the whole purpose of why we're doing this. Right. If there's something that you that spoke to you, 
you know, share it with somebody else. I'm pretty sure that they could use this information. Um, if there are any topic recommendations on this frequency at gmail.com. I think that's our show, y'all. We could have used this when we were younger. We could have. I could have. I'm still using this now at my age, but here we are. Hit it, DJ. Increase the peace, y'all. Bye, y'all.